Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Leo is a singer-songwriter of alt-country and folk-influenced songs who travels the east coast of Australia playing her music. In 2021, she released an EP and a lovely Christmas single called North Star. Last year, she released a self-titled acoustic album, and we're going to talk about that and a few other things. Hello, Leo. Hello. Thanks for having me. It's great to see you live on screen because I've been listening to your music for a while, and this album is a lovely piece of work, so I have a few questions about it. Um, there is a song on the album called Refund, <laughs> and it, I was when I first heard it, I was like, this is the perfect pandemic song. Someone was going to write it. This is it. Uh, I think you beautifully capture the range of emotions of that time and the reasonable response of wanting a refund for it. And I'm wondering at which point during the pandemic you wrote it. Um, well, thank you. That's really nice to hear about that song because it was kind of, um, I don't know, I feel like you have to have a sense of humour about things. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that helped a lot of us get through lockdown and the pandemic. Um, yeah. But um, I, I think it was, you know, the, the second long lockdown of Greater mm. Sydney. Um, that's when I ended up, uh, you know, I lost all my work because I'm a musician. Mm. I ended up moving back in with my mum because I went through a separation at the same time as at, at the start of that long lockdown. Right. Um, and so after 2020 <laughs> and then this second lockdown happening, a breakup, no work, back at mum's place. I was living on a blow-up mattress in my sister's old bedroom. So at that point, I think I wrote refund. I was like, I'm done. Let's just start again. I want my money back. Well, I mean, for all that, because that's a lot of life circumstances that to have happen at once, um, you still have this hopeful tone in your voice, I think. I mean, it's it's there's this pragmatic yet slightly wistful acknowledgement that stuff's happened and yes I want a refund but I'm I'm going to keep going so did you write it from a hopeful place partly yeah yeah I did I think um I don't know there's always that um sense of being grateful for things in the background even when I'm you know feeling at my worst or that you know the state of the world has affected everybody in different ways but I think a lot of us can find that sense of you know it's okay to feel you know feel bad about stuff but mm-hmm. we also we just keep going we keep on and also the connection that I was getting with friend, other friends who were experiencing lockdown you know mm-hmm. we're doing our FaceTime chats and stuff and I had I was lucky enough to be able to go back to my mum's place so I I was just really grateful for that and I knew that we were going to get through it so I don't know having a bit of a whinge <laughs> but at the same time feeling like it'll be all right and yeah, and and we did emerge from it, and it was all right. And, and you got a great song out of it. Um, but I'm wondering if that that gratitude is a, is a practice, like a conscious practice you've had for a while. And and I do think it takes uh, application and persistence to be able to feel that, particularly in the circumstances you were in. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. You know, I I don't have a problem talking about um, like mental health and things. And you know, I'm sure if you went back through my Instagram feed, you'd see all like sorts of stories about um you know there's you know waves of anxiety or or depression and you know I've seen multiple psychologists over the years who have helped me 
um, get into the habit of being grateful and finding like a, a foundation in that that you can go back to. And I guess knowing that, you know, we all got through the first lockdown or you've mm. gotten through hard things before, so you can do it again. Mm. Yeah, I think that's where it came from. Yeah, come from. Yeah. I know someone else who has been seeing a psychologist for a while and gratitude is central to her well-being, I guess, yeah. as well. So it's it does seem to work. Yeah, I think it's a it, it it does take work. It's certainly sometimes it goes out the window. <laughs> like there's nothing. I I was talking to my friend today who was just, you know, she was so happy that she had a good sandwich today. <laughs> and that, that was the thing that I said, well, let's just focus on that. That's a win. You had a good sandwich. Let's yeah. you know, another another friend who was kind of taking her days, you know, uh a cup of tea at a time. Mm -hmm. so I think it, it can come down to the smallest things, and that, that's if that's all you can manage. I think that's that's a good thing. That's successful. Apart from that, turning up in the song refund. Uh, given that creative work can be frustrating and songs don't always come, have you found that that gratitude practice has given you a different perspective on songwriting in particular? I yeah, I think I'm. I am very grateful when I, because sometimes I, I still forget the that music is medicine for me. It's weird because I, I think maybe the more it became my job, the more I kind of felt like, oh, I need a break from that through the week sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, but, or you, you kind of think of it as, you know, I've got to rehearse this or I've got to write this song or whatever. But when I pick it up and just play for the sake of playing and my passion for it, I am so grateful. And so I feel really lucky to have that, to have that place to go to and feel grounded again. Has music been your medicine since you were a music listener or has it been since you became a musician yourself? I, I think I was always um, very drawn to music. I remember as a kid, you know, sitting in the back of the car, the family's driving somewhere and on the, the radio that's really patchy and you're hearing that song that's really, you know, um, moving you. And you, I, I just, I remember that feeling of excitement and, and it was, a, it is a very emotional experience for me. It always has been as a kid. I remember loving the sister act, the movie oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the pull I had to want to be able to do that. I was so shy and terrified of singing in front of people. Mm. So that the nun who was terrified of singing in front of people. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was like, uh, yeah, I can't explain it other than uh, I didn't know it was, I was grateful for it as a kid, but I was certainly drawn to it. Mm -hmm. Although I have seen some people saying that Sister Act 2 is meant to be better than Sister Act 1, so I don't know if you have an opinion on that. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think they're both. I think I have a a soft spot for Sister Act 1, maybe because I was younger when it came out and it just mm -hmm. really um, has that nostalgia attached to it. So when did you start singing? Or oh, actually, I'll rephrase that. Did singing come first? Did guitar come first? What, or both um, of us? I think writing like writing came first I think my my auntie Jodie has this story I was like a toddler kind of dictating to her this poem um I think it was about a rose mm. um so I 
I think I started writing poetry and, you know, angsty stuff as a kid. And um, then I started getting guitar. No, I, I started learning the trumpet, I think. Oh, interesting. Um, in primary school. And then I moved on to the guitar and drums and singing didn't happen until, I don't know, I might have been 18 or 19. 19 oh. or 20 even, I don't know, because I was so scared. I was afraid. Hmm. Yeah, so it took me a while. So when you did start to sing, when you got to a point of maybe not getting completely over being afraid, but but partway there, did your voice just come out? Had you Did you have any idea that, that you would be able to sing the way you can? Um, no. No, and it, it's my voice has um, come a long way, I think, <laughs> since I first started, and hopefully it's still got a way to go. Um, but it, it was very, it was still, a sh- it was a shy voice, you know, I, but I had lovely, a lovely singing teacher, a couple of lovely singing teachers who helped me um, learn. And I was in a duo at the time when I started singing. So mm-hmm. there was that, the comfort of sharing the stage with somebody else. And we, we actually started out, the first thing I was singing in public was, it was musical comedy. So it didn't matter so much if it didn't sound very good, as long as people were laughing, right. it, you know, it was a win. <laughs> so I don't know, I don't know that I've actually ever seen anyone perform musical comedy. So do you mean like funny songs or interspersing music with comedy? A bit of both. So oh. yeah, funny songs and in between, you know, a bit of banter um, between us. Uh, they were quite crude actually, the song. <laughs> so it's not something I, I would, um, I'm certainly not going to be sending you anything to listen to. <laughs> I don't know, it could be very entertaining. Um, but actually you talking about how your voice evolved um, do, does actually match with what I was hearing because I was listening to you, you playing these songs as a guitarist and as a singer and I thought these two are actually really well matched. You are a delicate yet strong guitarist and the same is true of your voice. And so I think that initial shyness about it probably ha- has some element in your voice now. I don't even really know how to explain it technically, but does that make sense or maybe not? Yeah, no, that's a really, that's, I don't know, that's kind of nice to hear. I think that's a good way to describe how it sounds. They're, yeah, thanks for that. I might put that in a bio or something. <laughs> well, it's just because your guitar playing is really lovely like, and it really works well. On this album, it is an acoustic album, so I imagine you did work on the arrangements mm-hmm. so that it could sound like that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think that's a good way to describe it. You've described it better than I, I could have. It's, well, look, it's my job to give an outside perspective. There you go. And, I, and coming back to that album, actually, because I've detoured us away from that. But um, so Refund has its own little set of emotions and circumstances, but there are quite a few other emotions on the other songs. Yeah, there's a few. Yeah, there's heartbreak, disappointment, yearning, desire. Did these songs all emerge from a particular time in your life or are you describing a range of years and experiences? Um, it was actually pretty condensed time. Right. Um, so the, but like the, the songs aren't in order of, you know, when I wrote them. So, um, I went through the breakup just before the the second lockdown. I think I wrote Stranger and, um, I think there's another song I wrote there, but it didn't make on the album because it just, it just depressed me too much to sing it. Um, but Stranger, I, I wrote that and then I went to Mums and I wrote, I wrote Refund and I, I wrote a bunch of other songs that are on the album as I went through the process of, okay. you know, moving my way through grieving and, you know, I'm starting again. I 
you know, lockdown, no work, all those things. So it was about six months, maybe. Okay. I wrote these songs. Yeah. Well, going on what the songs are, that was an intense six months. <laughs> yeah, it was really full on. Like lockdown, you're in isolation. So everything I had, it was kind of a good thing, really. To I was forced to process mm-hmm. this separation and um, having to start again. Um, so I, it was good for me. You know, I, I went for my, because we were allowed to, go for like an hour of exercise outside so I went for my daily walk I was meditating and journaling and I was writing music Mm -hmm. because I didn't really have I wasn't allowed to do much else Mm -hmm. and I think that really helped um yeah as not not speed up the process but you know just forced me to face it Mm. Well, I suppose that kind of structure in a way facilitates that because, you know, you've got that hour outside to walk and walking is really good for clearing the mind in order for things to to come into it. Um, and it was obviously very productive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it was, um, and and songwriting's always been a, a way for me to um, kind of process my feelings. So it was always going to happen. It was, I was always going to write a breakup album, I suppose. Yeah. Now, you mentioned the song Stranger. That is a cold, hard piece of truth, that song. Because <laughs> for those who haven't heard it, it's about how the person you're in a relationship with is suddenly a stranger. Like you just, and that there was, there's that bit about coming home from the airport and then going off to see someone else. I thought, oh, that's just cruel. <laughs> it obviously felt cruel to you too. Yeah. And like I, I, you know, I, I always say how, you know, perform these songs live and, I've performed these songs for people who, you know, are mutual friends with my ex. Right. So I always want to say that I, it's not out of an awful place or mm-hmm. you know, songs are moments to me. So obviously in the moment I was feeling pretty awful when I wrote Stranger, um, but that's what it is. It's a moment. It's past. Um, it's not a, I don't know. I guess I just, it's weird. It's kind of weird to write these angry songs and know that, you know, and I know that my ex, she actually bought the album and has listened to these. So, and I warned her multiple times. <laughs> I said, just be aware. They're a bit angry. Um, and, you know, we're, we're fine. But it's a strange thing for someone because it's very honest. It's a very honest album. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you never know how people are going to, Take that, especially when they're people who know you and know the person you're talking about. It's an mm. odd, it's an odd experience. Yeah, I, yeah, I imagine. But I've got to say that song still comes from a place of compassion. I think there's what? certainly the anger is there, and look, stranger is the is one of the kinder nouns you could have used <laughs> for the behaviour. So, given that your ex has listened to the album, I think she should be happy that you didn't pick another noun. <laughs> Like, uh, I don't know, maniac or something. <laughs> so anyway, that's just a, it's a comment more than a question, but please feel free to respond. No, well, that's that's the thing too. I have, I, I'm glad that you could sense there were other like soft emotions behind that song because there was certainly an element of understanding and to be able to relate to what she was going through because I had done, like that's another song in the album that we're probably going to talk about because like, I, I had done similar things. Mm-hmm. He had done, you know, I had hurt someone before, multiple people before, and so I had that in my head. 
um, you know, I had been confused and I had been messy. And so I, I was kind of trying to balance those two feelings, you know, understanding and how, how much is too much and what's just ridiculous. Like, yeah. So I guess stranger was that too. It was trying to, it was just, just a whole bunch of anger and confusion while trying to be understanding at the same time. <laughs> I'm guessing the other song you're talking about is Deja Vu. Um, Maybe not. No, Deja Vu and that, that's, I mean, that is related. Um, the other song, what am I talking about? Too Late. I think it's, um. it's Too Late where I talk about I'd done, you know, to someone else what she had just done to me. So that was the song where I was getting to the forgiveness stage. <laughs> and there is look, there's all the all the song on the album called Old Hotel. And as soon as I heard, I thought it was such a lovely romantic song. So clearly, as yes, as you were going through these emotions, yeah. you was well, I imagine you are a romantic because that certainly comes through in the way that song's constructed, not just in the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that I was a romantic <laughs> till that time when I well, I did. Like, I feel so cheesy still um, talking about it because I, I'm not. You know, I've been that person who, you know, I go like see like a rom com or something. I'm like, no, I want no part of it. I don't want to. Not interested in the romance and and all that sort of stuff. But apparently, I am, and to a sickening extent. <laughs> and uh, it was. It's still crazy to me that all of these songs can exist exist in the same period of time mm-hmm. that I went through the separation and all the stuff that goes with that and the processing and then falling in love um, and and writing songs like Old Hotel that I didn't know I had in me. Mm. Yeah, so it was discovery. Well, because it's quite a contrast between barbed wire um, <laughs> and, um, and Old Hotel or... Mind you, I suppose you could say that come over and barbed wire baby of a relationship, like kind of opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. They, yeah, I, I still don't know if my mum has listened to come over. I kind of hope oh, she hasn't. <laughs> that was, I didn't play that live at the launch because I didn't want to look at my parents and sing that one. And there are no I, rude words in it. It's fine. No, it's just the implications. <laughs> Uh, and because I was living at Mum's at the time when I wrote it, anyway, I didn't want her to think too much about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's true to put those next to each other. I might do that. I might have to listen to Baltimore and come over. Well, they, yeah, because the thought that only just occurred to me as we're talking, I'm like, I think they're kind of a pair, not a matching pair, but a pair somehow. <laughs> but it, but in terms of um, being a romantic, uh, because you do travel and play music and that's a troubadour lifestyle and I think there is capital R romance in that, like, you know, as in the romance movement. So perhaps the signs were there all along. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably right. I had no idea. I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> the last year has been um, uh, enlightening. So how long have you, well, I suppose that's a stupid question because you couldn't work during the pandemic, but before the pandemic, were you travelling a lot playing music? Mm, yeah, so um, I I kind of just threw myself into wanting, you know, I knew I wanted to do music. That was I wanted to make that my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just 
kind of quit the job that I had and threw mm. myself into it. But that meant I couldn't I couldn't pay rent. Like I couldn't do those normal things. So my ex, um, you know, she's a circus performer. So the two of us were these performers and she was wanting to kind of she was looking into like tiny houses and things. So we ended up converting a van, this huge Mercedes Sprinter, we converted into, you know, we did the whole van life thing. Right. So we were traveling around for a couple of years, gig to gig during right. that. Um, and then, yeah, and then the pandemic happened and we had to stay put. But I've since converted, you know, my dad's helped me again to convert another smaller van so that I could continue after lockdown during that. So once lockdowns had passed, how soon were you back on the road? As soon as I could get a gig, really. Like after Dad helped me fit out this second van, I was trying to book gigs again, around, mm-hmm. mostly around Illawarra. Um, but since you know, I've, I've now in a relationship with someone who lives in Brisbane, so I've been in Brisbane now, um, kind yeah. of starting again with the, you know, I had a pretty solid list of venues and contacts around the Illawarra. So Mm -hmm. there's been another kind of step in the journey where I've had to start again in a different way. It's been Mm -hmm. good, Um, but it's just, it's just more, you know, just traveling in a a different area in a different way. And because the admin of being an independent artist is a bit at odds with the creative process, I imagine it can feel like you're giving a lot of energy to that because you're trying to make all these these contacts do you feel like it has an impact on your creativity uh or yes you're nodding I, do. <laughs> yeah. I really do and I I don't know I don't want to whinge about it too much but I think everybody who's an independent artist can relate you know you can't you're doing four or five different roles all at once I, I definitely got burnout. I got my after I launched my album at the start of this year, I just crashed. And I feel like I still haven't recovered, to be honest. I'm trying to um, build up contacts here in Brisbane and, and, you know, I've been digging not as much as I'd like to. It's, mm-hmm. it's a slow, it takes time. It's certainly a slow process, at least for me, it has been. Um, so it's, I haven't felt very creative at all. You know, I'm glad I got the album out, but mm-hmm. after that, I don't know. I don't know if other people experience that after a, a big push to get an album done, get the launch done, and then there's that kind of like, I don't know, you kind of deflate for a little while. I think that's a normal reaction. Like it's a big piece of work to get out. It's it's And even though you, you might be a songwriter who does like to, to write scraps of songs here and there, everyone has their own different rhythms as a part of it. And certainly the rhythm of admin is at odds with creative rhythms. It's like it's like I'm a firm believer that the rhythm of housework is at odds with. It's not to say don't do housework, but but creative practice, creative work is often a long arc. Unless your songs come out like that, you're gonna to have to spend a bit of time. And those little staccato tasks, mm. sending emails and yeah. trying to make contacts, all of that rhythmically, they don't gel. Yeah, you're you're so right. I so admin has been taking center stage since you know coming up here trying to you know you're just hustling that's what i've been doing is hustling and so it does take away from the creativity but i've been grateful to have a um have a friend like 
kind of we met on Twitter a couple of years ago. She's in San Francisco and she's a songwriter. Mm-hmm. We've been collaborating over Zoom and that's been really good for me mm-hmm. to have somebody else be like, let's go, like we've got to we'll work on this song um, and kind of digging deeper into, you know, really refining words and lines. Um, mm-hmm. And there's also uh, Nick Blow, who's my um, duo partner in The Grandkids. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Americana duo. Um, and I really want to gig with him. I really want to write with him and stuff. But I've just been, you know, hustling. <laughs> I've been hustling and feeling burnt out. So it has been, it has definitely been getting in the way of the creativity and the actual music, which is a little bit frustrating. I forgot to mention the grandkids in the intro, but yes, you had that project as well. And North Star was a project with um, Chad Steele. Uh, but also, I suppose you could look at this time taking the philosophical path of setting you up for more fertile fields to yeah. come or something like that. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's, there are definitely you know, transition transitional phases and stuff like that, and that's okay. And like you know, I have they're very lovely people I have around me, and Nick's great. Like he. He gets it and he's been, you know, he's been writing a lot um, and I'm very excited to see what happens there. I'm hoping, I'd love to do an EP with Nick at some point. I don't know, I don't know if I can get myself together. That would be really good. I'm sure you will. I also think there's a, a recovery process post-pandemic, particularly for musicians, because you did lose a lot of work. I mean, there were a lot of people, like me, I have a day job, but could keep our jobs and and from that point of view, things are relatively unchanged. Musical artists really suffered and there's still not a complete recovery in terms of, of venues and people coming to shows. I think it is getting a lot better now. Uh, I'm in Sydney and I've, and I've detected that more and more people are coming out, but it's yeah. taken a while. Yeah. And there was that, that push too, like the, you know, we had the first lockdown, we came out of that. So you, you know, I had this sense of starting again because gigs got cancelled, lockdown lifted, you're booking, you're filling out your calendar again. And then the second one happened and it it just happened. Like it was, it's, it was exhausting Mm. because now I've moved up to Queensland. It's a third time around, but in a Mm. self-imposed way, (laughs) (laughs) I really can't complain about it. Doesn't, I don't think it makes it any easier if it's self-imposed or imposed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, now I did mention the Christmas song and gee it's such a lovely song um, and it's you know there are a lot of Christmas songs out there I just felt you offered something different and lovely so what motivated you to write it? Um, well, I think Chad and I just wanted to collaborate and he had the idea of, like, I'm a bit of a Grinch like when I was, I've done interviews about it and I it's just me talking about how much I don't like Christmas and it, it was Chad's idea to do a Christmas song so that we had, you know, we had a deadline for ourselves pretty much. And, right. um, but I'm so glad he suggested it. And I really like the song. It's so sweet. It's just yeah. so, it's, I don't know, it's pretty different from, you know, obviously the acoustic album that I just released. Um, but we just went back and forth. Like, I think, I don't know if we were in lockdown. We might have been. Um, but it was all, online just swapping mm-hmm. lyrics and sending chord progressions and just building on it and then um, sending it to the producer james oh, sorry i can't remember his name james lawrence possibly um he was great 
and it just really worked out. It was really nice. I like. I think we we joked about making writing an Easter song. I would have to. I have no idea what that would be about. Um, but I would like to work with with Chad again because it was just something different, and I I like what we came up with. Well, it sounds like you have a few projects simmering. You've got mm. writing with the, someone who oh, yeah. you met on Twitter and thank goodness something good came out of Twitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and grandkids and this, so I have every confidence um, that that this will bubble along for you very nicely and um, reach boiling point, just to continue my metaphor. Yeah. If people do want to see you play live, um, will you put your shows on social media or do you have a website? Um, yeah, I I haven't been posting um, where I'm playing around here very much. Um, just because I don't know, to be honest, I've just been forgetting about it, but I, <laughs> I will be posting where I'm playing. And when I do original shows, definitely, um, at the moment, just trying to do covers gigs to pay the yeah. bills. Um, but I'm hoping Nick and I will do some, maybe next month I'm going back down to the Illawarra, mm-hmm. um, if we do any shows, we'll certainly post about that. So, yeah, that'll be maybe Wollongong, Sydney-based. But, yes, my Instagram and Facebook are probably the best places to see what I'm up to. Fantastic. Well, people should keep an eye out for that. The time has flown. Leo, It's it's. I, you probably need to get on with your evening and have other things to do. It has been lovely to talk to you and find out about your music. That self-titled EP, sorry, album, I had an EP before. The self-titled album I'll put a link to for people in case they'd like to buy it because they can buy it direct from you. Supporting the artist is the way to go. And thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. I really love talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.